Hey everybody, I'm your host and life coach, Kim Gross, and this is the Masks Off Podcast. In this podcast, I'm helping parents and teachers of teenagers and young adults to explore and understand the masks we often wear because of people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies so that they can guide their children and students in removing the masks and honoring their true selves. Each week we dive into how to go from a people-pleasing and perfectionistic prison to freedom, empowerment, and showing up fully in the world. You will hear about my personal experiences and wisdom, as well as from my knowledgeable guests. If you're ready to remove your masks and to help your children and students to do the same, drop into this week's episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim Gross, and today I have a guest with me, and her name is Robin Iyer Long. And I just had the pleasure of, and it still is ongoing. So this, this, I'll have to see about the timing of this. I should have checked beforehand, but I was just a part of Robin's Summit Empowerment Summit, which is ongoing right now. It's only day two. And yeah, if the timing of it (laughs) doesn't coordinate, I will let you know that she's considering another summit at the end of the year. So certainly either way, I encourage you to go and look for Robin and look her up. And I was so honored to be a part of the summit and it's just amazing. So anyway, let me start with the quote as I normally do. And the quote is... We cannot assist others in healing higher than the level we have healed ourselves. And is this your quote or is this someone else that you often hear it? Is this you? You know, it's it's kind of been a conglomerate of, I think those words are exactly mine, but it's a concept I've heard over and over from a couple of coaches over the last year. Mm-hmm. It's so profound. And it's for me in my own experience, so true. So why don't we just jump in and start there? Because I think it's so important to really deconstruct that and take that apart. Right. I've often heard people say, like, you'll hear people say all the time that you can't love another if you don't love yourself, or you can only love another as much as you love yourself. And I was always like, I don't know. I don't know if that's true because I really love my kids. I love, love, love my kids, but I knew I didn't love myself. But this though, this quote does resonate. So I'm going to just say it one more time and then we can see what your thoughts are on it. We cannot assist others in healing higher than the level we have healed ourselves. Right. Okay. So what does that mean to you? And and then- (laughs) Let's do that because I just asked you that and then I'll have you introduce yourself. Perfect. So I think a lot of it is as I've stepped into my healing abilities and gone through my healing journey, I've noticed that it comes in waves and what I'm working on and healing within myself, then I attract those types of clients to work on that. And then when those clients kind of settle down, I'm like, hmm, why am I, what's the stop? It's what's the pause. And I've realized that that's my sign to go back in a cocoon 
and do some more healing and do to that next level. And then those clients are ready to come in. And so whether it's a healing journey on our own with our family and, or we are practitioners that help, we do have to continue our own healing journey. It's never ending. Cause I've always said, if you're done healing, we poof and we poof <laughs> and we go into the next life <laughs> and we're not done poofing because there's so much, we're, we're not done learning or we would have poofed already. So it's a constant journey. And I think sometimes as healers and practitioners, it's like, nope, I learned it all. This is what I do. This is what I offer. It's only going to last for so long. We need to morph and continue to grow as the energy shift. And as we're doing our own healing journey to continue that for ourselves and for our clients. Mm, I love that. And you know, who says that all the time too, is Tara Brock. She always says that in the healing just never ends. You just keep up leveling and evolving. Yes. And like, to me, that's like, mm, yeah, I love that. I want to evolve. I want to be the best, highest version of myself. So that's the silver lining to that. It is. So go ahead. Were you going to say something? I was say, it's true because our healing is not linear. And, and I know we've all seen those cycles of the same person or the same pattern. But what we need to realize is if you look at like that Fibonacci sequence, that, that cylinder look, we're spiraling, but we're spiraling up. So we have a higher perspective to do deeper healing every time that pattern comes around until it's time for that pattern or that repetitive belief to finally be healed. So because we're at that level of like, now I finally get it. Mm. And honestly, this has been the last year has been, I finally get it <laughs> on a lot of levels. And so these perspectives are so big, but it doesn't mean I'm done. It just means I'm ready for the next level. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Okay. So you did talk about healing. You keep using the word healing and I know that that's part of your background. So before we get into talking about the masks that we've worn and we continue to wear and how to show up for our kids, just tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and your background. Perfect. Thank you. And I'm so excited to be here with you today. It's been great to reconnect with you. So thank you. I, at this moment in time, I'm a single mom of two amazing kids. I've been a single mom for 14 years, I'm pretty much raised here in Utah. So a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of religion I was re raised in. And as I've grown, <clears throat> that religion was good for me. Religion was good for who I was as a child. And as I was raised, we grab onto those things that feel safe. And when I went through that huge change of getting divorced, because no one ever wants to get divorced, my parents divorced, my grandparents divorced, I was going to stop divorce in our family. And it wasn't until years later when I stepped into my own healing journey, it wasn't divorce I was stopping. It was codependency that needed to be healed. So there was the mask of codependency. There was the mask of, I had to <clears throat> speak a different way and, and or speak a certain way and act a certain way, not just in the religion but I married into a Marine. I married into the military and they hand you a book. They hand you a book of how to be a military wife. No and, way. I mean, they did back in the nineties. I don't know if they do anymore, but it was like, I had to conform and mm. my kids had to conform. And when I decided to make that huge life decision, I had to realize it wasn't just for me. It was for my kids as well. Mm. And I can go back and look and literally within days of making that decision, I was brighter. I was lighter. My kids were brighter. My kids were lighter. And as I went through my own healing journey, understanding who I was, taking off the mask of the religion, the mask of being the military wife, the mask of being the mom, the mask of everything I was taught, 
which was not wrong. Our parents teach us what they mm. know right. and what's been passed down for generations to generations. But we're coming into this age, and, and I think we're seeing it a lot with the younger generations, that we just know what resonates and what doesn't. And it's time to finally let go of those patterns and those beliefs that don't resonate. And so as I've gone through that and broken mine, I've had people come to me going, how did you learn that? What did you learn? How have you broken through those? And so that's when I stepped into becoming a Reiki master mm. and learning about crystal healings. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I was taught about the elementals and crystals when I was really little and then forgot all about it. And it all came back and my gifts just blossomed in the last six or seven years. And I was like, it isn't something I can keep. I have to give. Mm. And so I started a healing practice and did that for a couple of years. We all start at home because that's, that's where we start doing Reiki and different things and being attuned to that energy. And then I stepped out into a brick and mortar. And then three years ago, I created a healing studio here in West Jordan, Utah, got the keys February of 2020, March, we shut down with COVID 2020. And we opened May 1st of 2020. And it has been a beautiful thing to just watch people as healers step in to their gifts, blossom, write books, write training manuals. And people still wanted to do on the journey. They still wanted to be face-to-face. -face. They still wanted to heal and learn and grow even with the chaos that surrounded us. And it's been so fun to be in a place of just awareness and openness and what do you need and how can I help and how can I help myself? with this journey and then to see how my journey has unfolded into other people as well as my kids. And now I'm seeing amazing things in my parents because when we break those bonds, we break those beliefs, not just in this lifetime, but I believe we break them energetically. It goes seven generations back and seven generations forward. And, and we'll get into this. There's been a couple of things that have happened that I have seen changes in my family immediately. And it's been so fun to watch but so fun to be on this own journey that I can share with so many people now. Yes, that is an incredible, oh my God, that's so incredible, especially during <laughs> COVID that you had that success. I love that. I love that people were still willing to come. So congrats on that Thank for you. sure. Oh my gosh. And so you talked about this ripple effect and I am starting to experience it myself, the changes and seeing it pouring out in my own kids and my own family. And so what we had decided we were going to talk about is how we can help our kids to not necessarily not put the masks on at all, because they probably will to some extent, but at least bring awareness around when they are starting to mask and to really help them be more brave, more comfortable in owning who they are and showing up as their true selves in the world. And as you said before, our parents didn't know what they were doing. They just did what they knew how to do. They had no idea that it was having I'm going to say, because it is a crippling effect, <laughs> <It's, Yes. laughs> it crippled me in my life. I'm not going to freaking lie. It did. You know, it really, really did. And now that I know, honestly, now that I know better, I can do better. I really do yes. show up differently with my kids. And I know that you have a very 
defining story and example of how you showed up differently with your kids where you went against societal norms. You went against what people would expect and believe that you should be telling your kids that they should, should quote unquote, be doing. And you allowed the space for your kids to tap in to themselves and ask themselves and their own intuition, what feels right for me in this moment? So do you want to share that with us? I do. I do. Thank you for asking that. But I think first and foremost, we need to realize as women, as, as moms, that it's not selfish to take care of ourselves mm. because we give and give and protect and so much that we we're killing ourselves practically doing that. And if we're constantly giving energy and love and support and healing to those around us, and we're not giving it to ourselves, we're not going to get anywhere. Mm. And that's kind of where it started was I needed to take that step back and be like, I need to work on me. And thank, thank goodness my kids were a little bit older at that time and could kind of take care of themselves when I need to take that time away. But looking back, I've been able to see that pattern, like you said, in the kids, because when I made that choice to make a divorce, let me think, oh, nine, my son would have just turned nine. My daughter was two and a half. So quite the mm. distance between yeah. six and a half years between them. So looking over the last years, I could see how my son still had a lot of those patterns and beliefs because he had eight years with his father. My daughter only had a year with her father before we made that separation. Now, of course, there was visitation and they would see them over the years, but definitely learned that mom's house was a lot more free and open and we could talk about everything. But dad's was still very closed and religious and military because that's what he was comfortable with. Absolutely no judgment about that now. 14 years ago, lots of judgment. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, and I you did a lot of work, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you feel bad that the kids have to learn how to be at one house and how to be at another, but it's that coping mechanism. Mm. They learn to do that. And so the kids and actually started, we started making games out of it. It was like, okay, time for transition. What do we need to do? And when my son got a little bit older, it was like, okay, you're going to a very religious square house get all the swear words out. You've got 30 seconds, get them all out. And it would just put him in this energy to be like, okay, I can do this for 48 hours. Oh my God. You that's so, so cool. <laughs> and to do that, but there was still a lot of turmoil. There was still a lot of mm -hmm. turmoil. Their father and I did not speak. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of hate and discontent between us in those first couple of years, especially during the divorce. And as my kids got older and it, and it cost more, my son mm -hmm. was a hockey player and house rec is great travel and competitive, you know, we're talking eight, nine grand a year. And I was doing that on my own. So there was a lot, a lot of issues that we had. And when I stepped into this healing realm, I was like, I'm done with the anger. I'm done with the spite. I'm done with the words that cause conflict, not just between us as parents, but between the kids, but in my own heart and in my own soul, I was tired of, of feeling that way. And I stepped into a couple of healing processes where I really got to flip that switch and or flip that belief pattern in what that relationship was because he was always going to be the kids' dad. Yeah. There's nothing I was going to do about that. We had to have some sort of copacetic relationship until the kids were old enough to handle it for themselves. 
And as I stepped into a couple healing, I, I remember one specific, and it's what I call contract space, or other people will call it the Akashic record. It's mm. our wisdom, our hall of knowledge in the energetic realm. And one of the very first times I stepped in there, it was, I'm ready to be me as a whole being, whatever that looks like. And is there anyone that doesn't want me to be happy? And of course, on a soul level, he came through mm. and it was still so very clear in my mind. Some are so vivid and he let me have it. But then I watched him go through the light. I watched him go. I've said my piece and I can go. And I never gave it a second thought. Mm. 90 days later, after that event, he got sick. And it took him a couple months to understand what was happening. <laughs> he called us and told us that he was diagnosed with ALS, with Lou Gehrig's disease, mm. which is a very crippling. If people don't know what it is, it's kind of the reverse of dementia. Mentally, you're okay, but physically your body starts to just shut down. And people who have it get very angry and kind of abusive because they get stuck in their body. It's just, it's a way to react. And with some of the healing modalities I work with, I look at the emotional components of diseases. And the emotional component of ALS is anger and PTSD. Mm. And that's why if you look, a lot of new ALS cases are military because these guys just don't know how to process their anger and their PTSD. No fault to them. I mean, look what they've been through in the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years in the military. Right. And so I kind of understood what he was going through. But we watched this process of how he really pushed the kids away because he didn't want them to see who he was, mm. which I understand. But it was also how much longer are you going to see your kids? And at that time we were in a good place and we talked about me bringing the kids over so he could, they could see him as he was going through this process. And we didn't know, could have been months, could have been years. We had no idea. ALS is different for everybody. And we drove over three months after his diagnosis and something had flipped in him. And because I was with the kids, he packed up and left the state and told the kids he never wanted to see them again. Hey friends, I didn't mean to leave you hanging. We'll get back to the show in a moment. Are you wondering whether you're a people pleaser or a perfectionist? Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, Kim, of course I know I am one, but I'm not sure all the ways that these patterns show up. Well, you can take my people pleaser perfectionist quiz on my website at kimgrosscoaching.com and find out the answers. And if nothing else, the quiz is really fun to do. Now let's get back to business. And that broke my heart. Oh broke my, my heart. So this was 2020. Mm. So my son is 20. My daughter's 13, 14. Broke me. My kids are like, whatever. Because they didn't know how to really process it. And so I had some more healing to do and go through this process of what, how do I need to understand this? And a dear friend of mine gave me a book called The Little Soul and the Sun. It's from Neil Donald Walsh. He's the author of Conversations with God. And it's a children's story. And it's about this soul who's up in heaven and they're just, everyone's happy, la-di-da. And the soul comes and says, God, I need to learn forgiveness. And he's like, but why? I need to learn something new. So I don't want to give the whole premise away, but the, but the soul was given this opportunity to learn forgiveness. And as I read through the story, it totally shifted my mentality that the kids' dad, my ex-husband came to this life knowing that he was going to be a very angry man, knowing he was going to be a very stubborn man, 
knowing that he was going to do certain things in his life to cause conflict and hate and discontent with his kids and with me. But I get to honor that because it taught me forgiveness. It taught me humility. My son's going to be the best dang father ever because of who his father couldn't be in this lifetime. Hmm. And I had to flip that. And as I flip that, I started to watch my kids soften. And I started to watch them grow into their own strength and their own ability to make their choices without worrying about what other people thought. And the time came when their father passed. And it's been just a little over a year now. And they hadn't had any communication with him for three years. And because I got the phone call telling me it was happened, I let the kids know and gave them the opportunity to reach out to their father. My son did. My daughter did not want to. And that was okay. I honored that in them. And a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people are like, you have to talk to your dad. You have to go see your dad. No, you get to decide what's best for you. And he passed on a Wednesday. And later that weekend, my son got word that there was going to be a funeral and viewing the next week. So 10 days later, and I'm in Salt Lake and it was in Colorado and Southern Utah. So either way, we're talking anywhere from seven to 12 hours of travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that Monday I asked my son I said are you going and he said mom it's tryouts so backstory my son's a hockey player Mm. he had gone to play semi-pro hockey in um, Wisconsin for two years blew his ACL and hadn't played hockey for two years so this was his first step back on the ice to play college hockey and so when he said mom it's tryouts I didn't give it a second thought something came up a couple days later and he goes no mom I'm going and I went okay help me understand And we talked for about an hour. I'm like, you're going to step on the ice and get your trash kit for an hour after two years of not skating. And then you're going to get in a car and you're going to drive for seven hours to a place that you haven't been in over three years to see people that you haven't seen for over five years, to have everyone talk about how amazing your father was when you didn't have a relationship with him. And it's going to be very religious and very churchy. And then you're not going to have a lot of support. And I can't be there. Mm. Help me understand. And we talked for about an hour back and forth, different things. And it was very calm and understanding. And I finally looked at my son who was, let's see if he's 23 now. So just turned 22. And I looked at him and I said, I support you. And I love you no matter what you do, Mm. no obligation, no expectation. What would you do? And he goes, mom, I'm going to go think about that. And he came up the next morning and he said, you know what, mom, I'm going to go to hockey. And I said, okay, I said, you know what? We can do our own thing for your dad. We can go to his favorite restaurant. We can get his favorite dessert. We can drive to that when we go on our vacation in a couple months. And both the kids were like, okay. So I was really kind of concerned and worried about what this family would do when my kids didn't show up. And there was a viewing Friday night. And I'm not really sure if anyone reached out Friday night, but the funeral was Saturday morning. And there was one younger cousin who called my son. And it still to this day just is so amazing that it was this little boy that called because he's not little anymore because he was the hellion of the family. Mm. He called and he said, you know what, Cody, you are family and I don't understand everything, but he says, I'm sure you have a reason for not being here. And I need you to know that I love you no matter what, no matter what this family says. Mm. And I was like, oh my, these kids get it. These teenagers and these little kids get it. These adults don't because we've labeled things for so long. And I watched one of his sisters, who was a dear friend of mine, take on his anger after his passing. And we've not spoken since. Mm. And I watched my kids that day. And it was so interesting. It was all played out as their dad is being buried in the ground. 
My son signs a hockey contract with the university for the first time in two years. My daughter is running my healing fairs at my studio and they chose themselves with no fallout, no worry about what anyone else thought. And I just watched them really step into their growth and their ability. And even my family was like, you're not making them go. Nope, I'm not gonna make them go. They get to make their own choices. And if I hadn't stepped into my own healing and been okay on a soul level, because as humans, we want that validation. Why did you treat me this way? My biggest thing was we were married in the Mormon church. We were sealed for all in time and in eternity. You were supposed to be my companion. Yes, humanly, it didn't work out. How can you treat me like this? Mm. And yet on a soul level, I got those answers and I was okay. And I let it all go. Oh it's my huge. God. That is it took me 50 uh, years to get there. <laughs> Better late than never. They say, oh my God, that is such an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing it. I had full body chills when you were telling that story. And I'm just so happy for you and for your kids. That is so huge that they had that experience and that opportunity to choose themselves. And there must be something going on in Utah because I just had an 18 year old that I interviewed not long ago that is from Utah. And she quoted the same book, Little Soul in the Sun. She, she quoted from it. And so there's something going on out there in Utah for sure. A good We're doing thing. a lot of shifting here. A lot We're of doing a lot of here. shifting, of course. So let me ask you this question then. Nothing's perfect, right? It's progress, not perfection. So let's put that out there first. Do you see where your two kids having you as a mom and having this great opportunity, do you see them moving through life being more authentic and true to themselves and less likely to put on a mask or is it still really hard for them and they still put masks on? You know, it's, it's interesting because like I said, my son had eight years in that okay. relationship and my daughter didn't. And so my daughter at 16 has more confidence in knowing who she is in her little finger than mm -hmm. I do in 50 years, Yeah, you know, because I raised her in that environment to be very free thinking and confident and know who she was. My son, on the other hand, I still see a little bit of the people pleasing and I've got to act a certain way. And so one of the biggest things I've taught my kids, in fact, I think I got my son like a dog tag for graduation that said, everything is knowledge, good or bad. You learn what you want to take in and what you want to leave behind. And that's what mm -hmm. I've really tried to premise with my family and with myself and with my clients, because every experience there, there's no right or wrong because we're right. going to learn from everything we go through. What we're going to learn is what we want to do again and what we don't want to do again. Mm -hmm. And there are still some core beliefs that are still so stuck. Like I watched my mother, my mother divorced my father when I was 13, 14, got, got remarried. They were married. They had just celebrated 20 years and he passed from a disease. Mm. So that was 09 when he passed. And then a couple years later, she ended up marrying his best friend. Mm. There's this sense of companionship and I have to be married. That is a core instinct in her. Mm -hmm. And so I've watched her over the years as I've been single. I mean, I've dated and had a couple partners here and there, but pretty much been single for 14 years. That as I've done my healing, she is now finding her voice 
and speaking. Will she get divorced? No, that's still a core mm-hmm. belief in her. And I love her for that. But is she finding her voice and is she finally speaking up and taking that mask off that I have to be submissive and I have to be quiet and I can't speak and I can't have my own. Yeah. And it's been Mm. so fun to watch that. So at the different stages. And so I don't, I don't want anyone to think, oh my God, I've ruined my kids. No, because you have the opportunity right here, right now to start or propel or jump to that next level in your healing. And it's going to affect your kids. It's that old adage of do as I do, not as I say. Yeah. You know, because it is. And even my daughter called me on that yesterday. She's like, mom, as I'm doing, I doing or do as you say, because <laughs> you just drove through a line, lane you weren't supposed to drive through as she's learning to drive, you know? So my kids yes. even call me on it. Yes. You know? Oh, I love that you say that because I, <laughs> I say that all the time on masks off. My kids call me out constantly. They yeah. call me out, you know, since I started masks off three years ago, they will tell me, mom, you have your mask on or off? You know, like, are you putting a mask on? Take your mask off, mom. You know, and that's their way of saying, like, own it. And then, and I love that they do. Like, in the moment, sure, does it sting? Like, oh my God, my my two children just like, you know, are calling me out. (laughs) Yeah, for a second it stings. But at the end of the day, I welcome it because I want that opportunity to go inward, look at my pattern, look at the way that I'm showing up that is unconscious, that is not serving me. And I want that opportunity to, because I'm so about personal growth. I'm so about evolving and growing growth and connection are my two core values. So if I have this opportunity, as you said, to look at every single thing that is happening in my life, everything as an opportunity to grow and learn. And I didn't always have that mindset. I used to have the mindset of, I was in such victimhood. Like, oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, poor me. Oh my God. I think I was like queen of victim. (laughs) And now I can really embody that. Like, yes, I want to own it. I want to take responsibility. I want to shift. I want to heal. I want to grow. So it's, Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love everything that we said in this conversation. It was absolutely amazing. I so love that you showed up so honestly, vulnerably shared that story with us. It was, I'm sure it's going to resonate with many. You had me on the edge of my seat the whole time telling the story and I'm like getting goosebumps. I'm like, oh my God. And I knew the story (laughs) and it still had that impact. So thank you so much for sharing and for being on today. So tell us where can people find you? They want to find you. Definitely. So yeah, so I am in West Jordan, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake. And as I have grown and healed and and shifted right now, I'm what I'm putting out is leaving your past behind, leaving your Mm -hmm. traumas behind and really just finding who you are at that soul level, being your authentic self. Like you said, leave those masks behind, leave those old perceptions behind, see new perceptions, see new growth. And so my business is actually called Clear Healings in Mm -hmm. West Jordan. And I'm within the studio. The studio is Celine Healing Studio, where I have, how do I have now 10 different practitioners mm. that work out of there. And we offer all different ranges of healing modalities from sound to massage, to hypnosis, to one-on-ones, to classes. I think there's a new moon ceremony this weekend. There's a drum ceremony this weekend. So if you're in town and called to that at Celine Healing Studio, if you're called to do work with me, I have clients all over the world. Mm. Zoom is amazing as we now know. (laughs) COVID, I think, pushed a lot of us into that, but I do offer both 
and clients come from all over. So I, if I call to you and you're ready to really step in and do some deep diving work, let's chat. Oh God, I love that. I love it. And I will put all of that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being a guest on today. I'm so glad we connected. Yes, me too. And I don't even, I was trying to remember how it was when the summit all came into play, which like you said, based on when this gets published, the summit started yesterday. So July 10th through July 22nd, you can go to my pages. This is actually going to air July 27th. So, okay. So we'll be after. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yes, I feel like I'm doing another one of these, but if any of that calls to you, let's connect. And yeah, I was, oh, that's what I was saying. I don't remember when I decided to do the summit, when I tweaked a few things and made it about the messages and about the people, I had all 14 referrals within a couple of days and you were a referral. And I can't remember from who, maybe from Deb. It was Deb. Was it Deb Blum? Yeah, yeah. it was Deb. And it's just been amazing to watch this unfold. So when you step in your authenticity and you're aligned, mm-hmm. life just flows and just let it flow people. Life is so amazing. Oh my goodness. I love that. Thank you for ending us, ending us on that note. So beautiful. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim Gross and I will see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of Masks Off and you're ready to take the next step to overcoming people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, you can reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com and book a call. You can also join my free Facebook group for more inspiration and tips. The link is in the show notes. I would love it if you would subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget to share it with others. See you next Thursday on Masks Off with Kim Gross.